Hey guys, and welcome back to the Brown Girl White Coat Podcast. My name is Sai, like a sigh of relief, and I'm so happy to be back recording. Like seriously, so happy. I have taken quite a long break. I let my co-hosts kind of take over for me for the past couple weeks, and I'm so grateful for them because they have just been killing the new episodes. And I have been, you know, receiving that new content as well and kind of listening to their episodes and treating it like, you know, a different podcast, not my own podcast. <laughs> so that's been quite fun. But this is crazy to finally be back. I have feel like I've been through hell and back. <laughs> but I love just catching up with you guys kind of at the beginning of the episodes, telling you what's been going on in my life and catching you up with where I'm currently at in my medical school journey. And then we get into the episode. So there's no segments or anything today. I'm just going to do a quick little catch up with you guys and let you know what's going on. And then as the title shows, we're going to go into a very quick rundown of all of the things you need to know for step one. Um, not all of the content things, obviously, but my five biggest tips for staying sane and, you know, where to direct your efforts, where to direct your energy during this crazy time, and just talking about the test and how I felt about it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> so I'm on the other side of it now, and I feel so incredible to be done with this crazy journey, this crazy test that is kind of the pinnacle of all of your med school knowledge. So let me quickly explain for those who may not know what the study period and what the USMLE Step 1 is kind of all about. Students will study, at least those students in the United States at MD and DO schools. Um, DO students can obviously choose to take Step 1 versus the Comlex um, is required for them. Students study anywhere from six to eight weeks, whatever your school happens to give you off to study for this huge test. And students will study anywhere from 10 to 14 to 16 hour days. And you take it and it's an eight hour exam. So, you know, you're bringing snacks, you are bringing energy drinks and and then it's over and it's a good time after that. So I kind of just wanted to go into what I did to study and where I'm at now. Um, I wanted to make a very quick, I guess, disclaimer about mental health because, guys, this has suffered. It has truly suffered. Um, I went home to Ohio to study for this exam, and while I, you know, completely missed the power outages and craziness that was happening in Texas, um, the unfairness, you know, the inequity that was happening in Texas in my home state. I completely miss that. So my heart goes out to anybody that was deeply affected by that. I am I can't even imagine losing power and losing water and trying to operate as a normal human being and studying for step, especially during those conditions. So I completely miss that. I went to Ohio. I was with my family. And if you guys follow me on Instagram, I had made a story post where I talked about um, there's this like fake motivational little video very Gary Vee-esque. If you guys know him or like him, no offense, but you know, sometimes these motivational speakers are so empty in their words. I had posted one of those videos saying, what do you guys think about this? And it was a video of um, like a really nice car. And it was like a, what was it? Like a Porsche or Bentley? I don't even know what nice cars are, but it was like, that's why a sports car, a very nice sports car only has two seats and a bus has a ton of seats um, because, you know, it's lonely at the top sort of thing. So I posted that because I was in the middle of studying for STEP and I had just been floored by all of the support and love. 
specifically from my parents. I, you know, come from a South Asian household. Our parents are extremely supportive. Well, sometimes, <laughs> but for the most part, I would say our parents are very involved in our education and decisions, things like that. So my parents were so, so supportive um, during that time. And I just wanted to say that if you have supportive parents, if you have supportive friends, anyone that you can stay with, I don't know if I would have had time to do my own laundry. I don't know if I would have had time to make myself healthy food and, you know, go to the gym every once in a while. I don't think I would have had the brain space even to make decisions like what to buy at the grocery store during this time. So if you have supportive people in your life that you can go stay with, I thought that was it made the biggest difference, especially because I wanted to open up and just talk about this a little bit. I have a little bit of ADHD. I think. And it made being around people and and all of that, it made studying very easy to kind of sit down and focus. It took care of all of the variables that would have been present in my life if I had stayed at my home in Texas. So I would highly recommend that, you know, surround yourself with amazing people, surround yourself with people who are supportive. And relating back to that video, I was like, you know, it really does take a village to make somebody successful and it makes it takes a village to ensure success in medical school especially you don't get there alone Uh, you get there with the support of friends and family and classmates I had so many friends who are not even in med school reach out to me and say hey I know you're taking you know the biggest exam of your life how are you how is your mental health and just check in with me and it meant the world so you don't get there alone There's always someone you can turn to and someone you can reach out to for support. And if you don't have that someone, literally text me. Please, please DM me. I will be that person for you because everybody needs a little bit of support during this completely crazy part of your life. (laughs) So, and with that being said, step one is now pass fail starting, I believe, in 2022, which I hope affects a lot of you guys. I hope you guys are not taking step one with a score. But for those of you whose dedicated period is this year, hopefully you can take some of my tips and, you know, score a little bit better. But I I strongly believe that step one is not an adequate assessment of your clinical skills. I mean, why would it be? You're memorizing all of these glycogen storage disorders. You're memorizing all kinds of other stuff. You regurgitate it on the test and it leaves your memory forever. So I think it's Obviously, step two is a better indication of your clinical skills and clinical knowledge. So, and I've heard for the most part, a lot of program directors are kind of looking towards those scores and those tests to be a better predictor of how you're going to be in residency. So keep that in mind. And I'm so happy for those of you who have to take step one and it's pass fail. So it, it would have preserved a lot of my mental health if that had been the case for me. And I just support us moving far away from having test scores define our entire lives. But that being said, I'm on the other side of it now and I'm done. I passed. I'm good. And I'm probably going to be able to get into a residency of my choosing. And test day, you know, went off without a hitch and it was fine. I turned out fine. (laughs) So I'm going to be giving you all some tips. A quick note about mental health. Um... I'm struggling a little bit and just wanted to be honest about that. I think after studying for eight weeks, I'm feeling just a bit burnt out. Um, Being in Ohio, there was absolutely no sun. It was snowy. You know, we got like 14 inches of snow and I just needed some sun. I just needed some time to 
relax and veg out. And it's been, you know, almost two weeks since I took my step exam and I'm still recovering. I'm still trying to recover from the burnout. And I had to kind of go right into another rotation. Do have a couple weeks off coming up. So I'm trying to make plans to have fun and veg out and be a person during that time. So with that being said and catching up with y'all, thank you to all of y'all and your support, supporting the co-hosts. Their episodes have been amazing and supporting me, obviously. Thank you so much to everybody who's reached out via DM. It was, you know, such a lovely experience just talking to you guys and helping y'all and you guys helping me and the Instagram has really just been a source of light I think for me so with that being said let's get into the meat of this podcast a quick breakdown of my time and my five most critical steps and critical tips for USMLE step one so I would say have a really good schedule or breakdown of how you want to spend your time and what times you want to sleep and what time is non-negotiable time off for you. So when you're making your schedule, depending on how much time you have off, I had just over seven weeks off to take my test, which is, I would say, a little bit on the longer side. I took about two half days off a week, and these were critical to me not wanting to just quit (laughs) and cry. Um, So I would highly recommend some scheduled time off, and during those times off, do not just sit like a potato on the couch and watch TV. You need to get out of your house. You need to go walk. You need to do something active. You need to prevent getting a deep vein thrombosis, okay? And yeah, do something you love. Um... My dad bought a piano for the house. He's been, you know, wanting one for the house forever, but luckily he bought it, you know, right during step time and I would play that thing all the time and I would sing and it brought me so much joy. So definitely schedule, depending on how long your your dedicated period is, schedule some time off um, in there for sure. Okay, then let's talk quickly about practice tests. A lot of people... They take a practice test right before they start studying. I was afraid that that would leave me very unmotivated um, because I had just gotten done with, I think, my OBGYN rotation, and then I had like an optho elective, and I was scared that I didn't have any of the knowledge necessary to pass a practice test. So what I did was I started kind of slowly easing myself into studying. I took off the holidays, spent everything with my family. And I eased in by, you know, watching some sketchy, watching some pathoma, and then doing Anki cards every now and then. Then I had one week of, you know, pretty intense studying, like a typical schedule, you know, eight to 10 hours a day. And I took my first practice test, which was an NBME, I think NBME 20, 20 or 21, um, pretty much right after the first week. So, and I did you know, better than I thought I would, but it was obviously still a low score. Like I would not have been happy getting that score as my final score anyways. And it was a good starting point and it didn't make me feel completely unmotivated and it didn't make me feel like, oh my God, I got this in the bag. So it was a really good place to start that way. Then after that, I took a practice test about every one and a half weeks to two weeks. um, And then kind of, you know, three-ish weeks before my test, I took one every week. 
And I did UWorld self-assessment one. I did UWorld self-assessment two. I've heard, I think UWorld self-assessment two is a pretty predictive of your score. So I kind of left that one towards the end. Um, and I did everything. Okay, we'll, we'll wait. We'll get into my five steps. But I just wanted to give you all a breakdown kind of of my schedule. Um, and I personally liked waking up really early and kind of taking the night off around like 8 30 9 and just having an hour or two to watch something in bed and go to bed so that's kind of how I structured my days and if you need a uh, example schedule to kind of get started please dm me I will definitely send that over to you kind of the breakdown and and bare bones schedule that I use to come up with something that worked for me okay so with that little background let's get into my five most critical tips for USMLE step one. Number one, don't try to reinvent the wheel. So there's a reason that people study using the same resources every time and it gets them the scores that they need. So, you know, everyone says UFAPS, which is UWorld, First Aid, Pathoma, and Sketchy. And there's a reason that these are picked as the critical sources to study for step one. Stick to them. I know a lot of people are like, oh, I don't like Sketchy. Do it. (laughs) Sketchy Micro and Sketchy Farm debatably got me the most points on my exam. I don't know how they do it, and I don't know why it works so well, but it does. And I didn't even rewatch any Sketchy videos. I kind of just watched them during my, my second year and my first year, and they just stick so well that you, you remember them even going into the exam. So, Definitely don't try to reinvent the wheel. There's a reason why these resources work for people and they will work for you too. Just just give it a shot. Okay, number two, kind of along the same line, pick a few resources and stick to them. And then kind of a caveat to that, if you find something that you're not able to learn properly, use the resource that works for you to learn that specific concept. So I'll give you an example. I went to first aid, right? I opened first aid on my first day. I did practice questions from UWorld, random timed questions from UWorld. And that was kind of the way I started to figure out what I was really weak in. And first aid, okay, it is the Bible of step one, obviously. But first aid has just information. It has some mnemonics here and there, but it's not going to help you remember anything. Um, So I went to first aid, opened it up. You know, first thing you see is biochemistry. You see glycogen storage disorders. You see lysosomal storage disorders. And those things were not sticking for me. So what I used for a lot of the biochemistry specifically was Pixarize. And this is not an ad in any way, but it is a really good resource. It's basically like Sketchy for biochem. I used it for biochem, genetics, Um, like metabolism, carbohydrates, fats, things like that. So definitely use the right resource for the right kind of material. Like Pixarize does biochem really well. I found that out on Reddit, first of all. Um, So I did that. Um, Then let's see. Opened up first aid. There's a micro section, sure, but you're going to get all of your information from Sketchy Micro. And maybe there's going to be a few bugs and drugs in there that Sketchy doesn't mention, that's where you can resort to first aid and kind of just memorize the information in first aid for that. So pick a few resources. Here are the ones that I chose to use, just in no particular order. 
just consider using these if you need a, pl a place to start. So UWorld obviously is the best source for questions. The NBME practice tests are, I would say, relatively predictive. They have some weird questions thrown in. They have shorter stems than the UWorld questions. And I would say the real thing is somewhere in between UWorld and NBME practice tests. Then first aid. Now, I personally, I didn't annotate my first aid. What I did was keep a running Word document of everything that I got wrong from UWorld. And then in my first aid, I kind of just read it and I read it multiple times. Um, I'm someone who likes to see the big picture and I'm not very detail oriented. So I need to get through a passage multiple times to get the full extent and full gist of it. So I would read, you know, UWorld very briefly maybe, but a few different times. Um, so what I did in UWorld, I took a bunch of colored pens. I had kind of like a color-coded thing going on. I took green for, you know, increasing lab values. And I took red for decreasing lab values. I took blue for men or X-linked. X um, and I had like a pink type thing for anything that related to women. And I just underlined things and I highlighted things accordingly to those colors. And did it help me? Probably. It probably helped me get through first aid a lot faster than I would have if I had dwelled on really specific things and annotating, you know, every inch of my first aid. Then you can't skip this. You just can't. Pathoma chapters one through three and any other chapters of Pathoma if you can get through them. I think Pathoma is critical and just as critical as doing the Yankee cards for Pathoma. So do it. <laughs> do it. Annotate um, little pictures that Dr. Satar makes in Pathoma. Annotate them in your book. I think it's totally worth it to buy the resource and get the videos. Then another one. A lot of people love Boards and Beyond. I probably watched it for maybe two or three things. Um, like I was saying, you know, use use the right resource for the right subject. I was struggling a little bit with like cardiology and cardiac physiology. So I went to Boards and Beyond for that. I was struggling a little bit with like neurology and strokes and things like that. I went to Boards and Beyond for that. Then after Boards and Beyond. So someone made a Anki deck called Lightyear, I believe. Relates to Boards and Beyond pretty much exactly. And someone made another deck off of that called Cheesy Lightyear. Now Cheesy Lightyear is what I used. Um, it was my main source of Anki for my dedicated period. It is much shorter than Zonki, which if you can get through that, and if you've been doing that for years, definitely great, great option. But if you're looking for a shorter deck that incorporates boards and beyond, as well as some things from Zonki and something from something else, um, I'd recommend Cheesy Lightyear. Definitely. And all of these can be found on, what's it called? On Reddit. So definitely look at that. Then do not skip this. Sketchy Micro and Sketchy Farm. Do not skip it. People do extremely well on both of these sections because of Sketchy and you don't want to be the person that, you know, doesn't get a great score and then your average just sucks. So do those and do the associated Anki cards. I believe I use the LOL Not a Cop deck for those. And a last resource, if you find yourself having extra time, you have made it through UWorld. That should be your first goal, obviously. Get through UWorld. That is the best practice question bank that you're going to find. 
get another set of questions to go through. So what I did was I did UWorld, I did my incorrects, and I was supplementing bits of USMLERX and AMBOSS as well. So I would suggest just buy one. Um, I'd probably do AMBOSS. Those questions are much harder. But if you find yourself having knowledge gaps that relate to not going through first aid well enough, then you know, USMLE would be very helpful for you. So I just got another question bank and I kind of had that be the thing that I did, you know, untimed. I did it during the pockets of my day when I was really bored or I couldn't bring myself to do UWorld. I would just do, you know, five, 10 questions from another question bank multiple times throughout the day. So I think the key is seeing the same information presented to you in different ways and redoing UWorld I'm not, you know, too keen on that, um, just kind of resetting it and doing it all over again. But I am keen on choosing a different question bank and seeing the same information presented in multiple different ways. So those are my resources. That's tip number two. Let's go into tip three. Practice tests are key. I did a lot of NBME and UWorld self-assessment practice tests, and I did them in a testing environment. I had them timed. I, you know, came down for a snack during my breaks, but I didn't look at anybody. I didn't talk to my parents. I didn't watch TV, etc. So I think I ended up taking about five, four or five NBMEs, and then I took the two eWorld self-assessments. So yeah, definitely do them in a very testing conducive way. Do them in a quiet room somewhere. Don't listen to music. I definitely listened to some calming like dark academia music during my first couple um, because I could not sit down and focus for four hours at a time. But after that, after we got a little bit closer to my test date, I started getting more serious about it. Okay, the next two tips are a little bit more about mental health and kind of just like big sister advice because I care about y'all. So here we go. This number it's critical, right? It's going to determine what residency you get you get into, and it's going to have a, a big toll on your life. That's why we study so hard for this exam. And so I'm telling you right now that you need to focus. <laughs> You're going to need to put away all of the distractions. You're going to need to put away your hobbies and things that you love for a little bit of time. Like, that's just the truth. I'm not going to tell you that you could maintain, like, a wonderful life balance during this time. Um but it's for, you know, six to eight weeks and you will recover afterwards. There'll be a time where you'll be able to do those things that you love again. So I'm telling you, this is a critical time in your life. Like, that's why it's so important. That's why people study so hard for this test. And I feel like someone, at least I personally, I needed someone to tell me that at the beginning, which they did. My sister told me this at the beginning of my testing period. And I kept that in my mind the whole time. It, it kept me focused. It made me feel better that, you know, it's a rite of passage. It's something that everybody is doing and you need to just get it done, get her done. <laughs> so that being said, it does not define you. This number does not define you and it doesn't take away any of the hard work um, that you've been doing over the last couple years. It doesn't make you a worse student if you got a worse score and it doesn't make you a better doctor if you got a 270 or 280. Like that's I don't think anyone is ever going to ask you again in life what you had in your step one once you become a physician. So those are just my two cents on that. And I think it's important to keep that in perspective. This is a really rough time. It's hard, but it does not define you. And that's why I'm so glad that it's becoming pass-fail for you guys, hopefully. So just keep that in mind. 
Then our very last tip. So a very kind, considerate MS4 told me this before I went into my um, my dedicated period. So warn your loved ones and seek support often. So this MS4 told me, you know, tell your boyfriend, tell your girlfriend, whatever. Tell them that you need to be supported during this time. Tell them not to start fights. Tell them not to make you too happy. This is a critical period. You're, you got to have your game face on. And the people in your life who support you and care for you, they need to be with you and they need to be on the same page as you all the time during this time. So just warn them beforehand. Say, you know, I'm studying for the biggest test of my life. I'm studying for this really rough thing that's going to happen and I need your support and I need you to support me in these and these ways and be very clear about that. For me, it was, you know... I had to tell my sister who, you know, she's obviously been through it and everything, but I had to tell her, do not tell me any sad stories of patients you've had. <laughs> obviously not violating HIPAA, but don't tell me any stories of, you know, friends that you have that have had COVID or friends that have passed away from COVID or family that has passed away from COVID. My, my parents, you know, bless their hearts, but they already do this. They already keep things from me that could, you know, be distractions. So I didn't really have to tell them that. But and then I sat down with my boyfriend and I told him, I need you to support me. He was already on board, obviously. He's already very supportive. But I had to tell him, you know, I'm going away to Ohio to take this exam and I might not respond all the time. I you might it might be a week going by and you might not hear from me. So I set the expectations very low to begin with, and I think that greatly helped. Um, so just do that. Just be very clear and communicative with the people in your life, and you truly see who is who is supportive and who's going to be there for you, especially during this time um, when you're not always going to be there for people and you're not always going to have time to be there for your friends. So I think those are my five really important tips when it comes to tackling the step one exam. If you have any more questions at all about studying, if you want my sample schedule that I use personally, I will definitely send that to you. Just shoot me a DM and updates. My Instagram handle has been changed. It is now life of Psy, like life of Pi. So it's life of S-A-I-E and yeah i'm also on tiktok hopefully i'll have more time to post on there it's also life of sai on there um and last thing if you guys have any ideas for what i can call this series i want to make it kind of like a big sister talks or like you know big sister fireside chats type of deal um so i'm doing this episode on step one Aaliyah is going to be recording an episode on like matching and residency and all of that coming up next week you know I want to make it this thing where we can do a solo episode and just chat with you guys and have it be about our lives and maybe like Q&A's questions you guys have sent in and just talk about what's going on because I feel like it's important to just hear from someone who's been through it I literally just finished two weeks ago and I feel like that's important and Aliyah is going to record her episode pretty much right after her match that's coming up in a few days, actually. Oh my gosh. Um, I hope everything turns out okay. I know she's going to kill it. So I think it'd be helpful to kind of hear from us who are going through these 
times, these monument, monumental times in our medical school processes and just kind of relay that information to you so you know what to expect when you get to that point in your life. With that being said, you guys are the best. Like seriously, thank you so much to everyone who has given us love on the podcast Instagram account, which I might add really quickly a plug. So if you guys don't follow us, we post pictures of our guests, we post cute little quotes, and sometimes we do random giveaways and other things and other fun things on there. So follow our podcast Instagram. It's at Brown Girl White Coat Pod. You can follow me at Life of Psy. And don't forget to review us on Apple Podcasts. That is like so critical for us. We love reading all of the reviews. And I think it actually helps us get on some charts. Like I think we're in the lifestyle and medicine category on there, something like that, or health and science, something like that. And it helps us get to the top of charts once you guys review and rate us on there. Other than that, stay healthy, stay happy. This is an insane time in life. And I wanted to share that I am personally seeking mental health help. Like I am seeking help from a therapist and I'm meeting with my therapist more and more often and learning more coping mechanisms and, you know, trying to take better care of my mental health this year. So I hope you guys do the same. I hope you guys get out more in the sun. It just has completely changed um, my outlook to be out in the sun more. It's made me a happier person. So you guys are the best and thank you so much for all your support and I'm back, baby. So new episodes every week on Sundays at noon central time. So excited to be back and I can't wait for you guys to see the episodes that we have coming up. Um, But for now, thanks for making this podcast a part of your day wherever you are.